Hello, everybody, and welcome to Libromancy, a podcast about the magic of books. I'm Josh, and today I'm going to be talking about the book Don't Marry the Cursed, the second book in the Haunted Romance series by C. Ray Dark. So let's marry the magic of books. First off, on a non-spoilery topic, I really loved the maps. I thought that was a great thing to add to the front of the book. I enjoyed looking at it and kind of thinking where the overlaps would be and how you know you could get sci-fi with horror, horror with romance, and all the fantasy elements. And I like that it just showed, gave a bit more meaning and definition to how far you know Pansy has traveled and how far main characters are traveling in general. So I really like that. I really liked that. And this is definitely not a spoiler. It happens in the very beginning. Don't worry. Uh, it's a little bit of a split POV between Pansy and Theo. I thought that was a good addition. I thought that was... We kept it exciting. We weren't just in Pansy. We got to see how Theo reacted to things. That was really fun. So I did love that. Now, I really, like I said, I did enjoy this book. I think I enjoyed the first book a little bit more because of its originality, because of its uniqueness, and it was like a breath of fresh air through what I was reading kind of at the time. Not to say I don't think this book is good. I like number one just a lot better. I feel like number one was a bit tighter in its scope. This one is a bit bigger, and I think a couple things could have been maybe cut or changed or shrunk a little bit, and it would have made a good book even better. That's all I'm going to say. So let's move right into the spoiler section here. There's not a lot I can talk about without talking about spoilers here. So the main plot of the book is that Theo has been called back home to become the kind of the, the Duke and the Duchess of Margin in, in the fairy part of fantasy. Now, this is after a 19-month time skip, so we do skip a lot of their relationship progressing. And I'm not sure really how I feel about that. I don't mind skipping out on 19 months. I understand that it would have, could have been just a lot of kind of repeats from the first book. But I think I would have liked to see a little bit more of that time. But this gives us enough time to get them kind of getting ready to graduate from college and moving away. So Theo is called back home because obviously his brother died. He's going to be the next leader. He has to go figure it out. And, of course, he proposes to Pansy, and she says yes. And it's so funny. He proposes. She takes a second to, like, compose herself and think. And he's like, oh, uh, you know, it's okay. And then she says yes, and it's a good. And I like that kind of thing. It was really funny. So the only thing on that is I really thought that the marriage would be more of a end game kind of thing for the book, where dating... Uh, Theo in the first book was more of an endgame kind of a thing. I thought marriage would also be an endgame. That was my expectation and not what actually happened. So that's okay. I did. I love the decision to move the story from romance to fantasy. I, I do think that we, we saw everything we needed to see of romance and we moved to fantasy. I thought that was great. I loved the epigraphs, learning all about honor instead of learning about pansies book of how to survive horror now we're reading theo's thesis on adventures in fantasy and i love that i'll just read a couple of them there's the keys of honor you have honesty obedience loyalty protect innocence and eliminate the wicked eliminate wickedness and 
you know, these are all things, if you kind of trace out all the things in the epigraphs, they make a, they, they kind of can explain every story you're going to read. You know, there's always honesty, there's good virtues like charity and humility and courage. And I thought it was really fun. So let's talk about what's actually going to happen in the book. They move to, they start heading towards fantasy. It was so funny. They get, they cross the border into fantasy and instantly everything stops working. Her gun stops working. Her phone stops working, obviously. And she's kind of put out by it at first. And all of the talking animals, she just is going crazy with them. She's like, you can talk. I don't like this. Animals are supposed to talk. And they're like, yeah, we're talking back. Like, we don't like you either. So it was pretty funny. So as they are going on their way to figure out what's going on in Fantasyland, they learn that somebody has been, people have been losing their abilities, people have been getting kidnapped, and things are just generally dire in all Fantasyland. A giant has attacked and mostly destroyed the city of Destiny. Now Theo and Pansy and Theo's sister D, who we've picked up, are headed to, they have to go through Destiny, they do fight the giant, and they do manage to kill the giant in a pretty amusing way. And one thing I do have to say is that there are kind of a lot of subtle references to other stories that we know. I think it was just a little bit too much in this one. I'm not 100% sure if it was too much, or just I'm better at spotting them on the fantasy side than on the romance side. So, but there are a couple references to like the Hob- the Hobbit and other stories. But all in all, I did like them, and I loved. I thought it was really funny. They are they're hiding from the giant, and Theo's thinking he's like something's wrong with how we're hiding. I just can't think of it. And he's like, wait a minute, giants don't usually find their prey by seeing it. And then the giant, you know, says his catchphrase, you know, fee fi fo fum. I smell where you are. He doesn't say the blood of an Englishman, obviously, but. He smells them and then finds them that way. And I thought that was good. And the ability, you know, Theo getting swallowed. And then when he's getting coughed back up, you know, stopping and chopping the giant's head off from the inside was was a good touch. I also like that uh, in this scene, we really see some progression to Theo. Where in the first book, he was very, kind of not afraid, but just he did not like combat. He doesn't like fighting. He doesn't, he was never able to like really fight and protect anything. And then he realized in this one, hey, that's because I've never had anything I wanted to, like, protect that much. Like, I do want to protect Pansy. And so he's able to fight and protect Pansy because he loves her so much. So I really like that. And I also really liked the magic system that we get introduced to here. We get the, you can use magic and versus you have an ability versus sorcery. And I believe there's one more, and I'm just not 100% sure what it is. But an ability, we'll just talk about them real quick. An ability is an innate thing to each person. And not every, I think everybody has one, but I don't, I'm not 100% sure. Because some people don't have one, an ability, and because of that, they're able to learn magic. And so if you have an ability, you can't learn magic. But if you want, you can learn magic or sorcery. D or Gadiva, Thilo's sister is a basically a cleric, and so she can communicate with her god and pray to certain gods based on what they are kind of aligned with and then use that to you know create effects or spells. 
So after they um, are able to slay the giant, they are given the ability to wish for something on a wishing stone, and they decide that they need to wish for an ability for Pansy because she's very capable and very strong, you know, versus a normal person, but she just is not able to survive on her own without an ability, and she just needs a little bit extra guff and gumption. So they kind of plan out their wish. Pansy's super paranoid about it, and I loved it. She's like, no, this is a wish. Wishes go wrong. If I know anything, you have to be careful with a wish. And Theo and them are like, yeah, that's pretty smart, too. We should definitely be careful. You know, don't wish for this or this. These are ungrantable wishes. So in the end, Pansy decides on her wish, and she says she wishes that she could become twice as, or five times as fast. And then she is granted the ability to go five times as fast, but she did not frame a reference for five times as fast as what. And so the Wishing Stone has given her five times faster than time itself for a few minutes while it converses with her because the wish is too powerful. And I love that the Wishing Stone's like, darn it, you like you, you framed this really well. I can't trick you very many ways, but there are a couple ways I can still trap you. I'll make you five times faster than time itself or like this. And she's like, uh, no, I don't like that. You know, please send me back. I won't wish anymore. He's like, it's too late. You've already wished, but I need payment. And the only payment he takes is Oz's book of how to survive in horror. And it crumbles to ash. And I was like, oh, that's tough. That's hard. That's going to be really unfortunate for Pansy. But she handled it like a champ. She just kind of pushed through. I don't know if I would have liked to see a little bit more struggling on her part, but I think it was good and well-written that way. So she is given the ability to move five times as fast and, you know, run around really fast and do things. It was very impressive, and I liked it. Uh, as we move on, they enter the city of Aiden, where Theo's family lives, and they are looking for you know his dad, who's been missing. They know that his brother died. He fell to his death, even though he could fly. And so they're kind of confused at what's happening here, and the people are losing abilities. And as soon as I heard, I knew, as soon as I heard that they were losing abilities, I knew that somebody was collecting abilities. I don't know why. I didn't know why, but I knew someone was collecting abilities. And that was a good call for me because they were collecting the abilities. And I did not, con- you know, foresee that they were collecting abilities to brew a certain potion to, you know, become immortal at the end of the book like we see. But uh, I did know they were collecting them and not just losing abilities. We meet Theo's dad, the horse lord, who can turn into any horse. Uh, except he is stuck as a horse because his ability's been taken or cursed somehow. And to be honest, he's kind of a jerk. Yeah, I said it. He is very, very dismissive of Pansy. Yes, Pansy is a commoner from horror, but he'd give his son a little bit of credit, but he just gives Theo no credit. And I didn't like that. Just uh, didn't like it. And then we see Theo's younger brother comes in and challenges him to a fight because he doesn't think Theo can do it. They fight. Theo's getting his butt kicked. He's just getting beat pretty easily by him because his brother is the nightshade and can make it pitch dark around him and he absorbs the light and then can channel it to his fists to create that heat. thought that was really cool. And we learned that his brother was fed false information and that's why he went you know, rogue so many years ago. And Theo's trying to find a way to fix that. 
His brother doesn't respond immediately, but uh, hopefully he will resolve. It will resolve by book three. So let's talk about the end. Uh, well, I, this is another thing that was a little off-putting to me. They do get married, and it was a quick wedding by horror, where D as a priestess presides. And I thought it was really good that they've been going back and forth on, do we have a fantasy-style wedding, or do we have a horror-style wedding, where it's very short and small, and everybody kind of close friends and family, or do we do the big parade, all the people can come see. And I like that there was this back and forth on it, where Theo's like, well, I'll just do whatever you want. I want to have a... Uh, a short, quick wedding, too. That'll be great. And then Pansy's like, well, that's what I want to, so let's do that. And then she thinks about it, and she's like, well, if you're going to be you know, the Duke, and you're going to be in charge, then you need to do things by the book and follow tradition, and I will sacrifice for you and have the big wedding. And he's like, okay, like I appreciate that. Let's do that. And then, you know, they are learning that as they get into their city and they learn everything's going on, they decide to just get married anyway. They have a short, quick wedding, I just kept me on my toes as to what wedding to expect, but I kind of wanted a little more time devoted to it. And it was just hilarious, though, that like the day after they get married, Pansy's kidnapped by his brother Oswald, who doesn't even know who Pansy is. He just kidnapped her because he was told to. And that, uh, with his hypnosis, and she immediately falls under his sway, and then it takes... Theo, a, a, you know, a couple hours to realize that she hasn't come back from breakfast. So that was funny. It was a, you know, awesome. I loved watching the way hypnosis worked in Pansy's mind, where in the beginning of the hypnosis, she was like, no, this is, what am I doing? Stop, get out of here. I need to go back to Theo. You know, somebody help me. But then after the hypnosis has really taken effect, she uh, she's kind of block those memories off and she's just like oh yeah he's my love and i do whatever he says and i will be the best but i loved loved that her horror background came in and her honed instincts and her feelings were like wait a minute i'm going in this room like he said not to but i'm going to go in it and she sees all the, the killed girls and everything and she's like oh i get it he's a haunt and he's forcing me and so she goes around doing her or anti-haunt things. She's taking all the swords and hiding the swords in the castle so the suits of armor can't attack. And she's doing these other things. And it was great. I loved seeing Pansy in her element like this. I kind of wish I'd seen a little more of it. But we even see it pay off when Theo eventually gets into the castle and is able to, you know, he's fighting the suits of armor, but they don't have swords. So they're just crashing into him and he's able to avoid him a little better. That was superb. Uh, let's see. Uh, we learn that it's the stepmother who is has the ability to like remove abilities from people and take them to herself. And she took Oswald's ability because he burned a girl with his fire breath and felt really bad about it. So he took she took his ability. And now she's been taking other people's abilities to create a potion of immortality to give to herself so she can reign forever. And I knew as soon as the phoenix, his great aunt, or his aunt said... Yes, I will go. I'm the only one who can stop her, according to the prophecy. It's just a sure sign that that's not how the prophecy is going to go. It even says in Theo's in Theo's thesis about adventuring, says, don't trust prophecies. You, you, if you think you're understanding it correctly, you've probably misinterpreted something. So, you know, I knew it. I love that they're able to stop them. 
I was a little surprised to learn that uh, she was pregnant already, and what you know that he has that their child has an ability, apparently a very powerful ability that we don't know about yet. And oh, speaking of abilities, I know I'm sorry I'm way over the place here, but uh, I loved Theo's ability that they figure he figures out that the length of the of the aura is how dangerous they are to him and light or dark means how much danger that person is in at that moment and i believe that there is more to it i think this is kind of its default i'm hoping there's more to it and we see get to see more in the future so i also really did love yeah you know, the feet the stepmom who killed oswald sadly i knew knew it wasn't going to go well for him as soon as they said now you have to be stabbed by the one you love and then you'll live forever. And I was like, Oswald, you're not going to live forever. She's just using you. She doesn't love you. And, you know, he stabs her and she lives forever. And then he is like, all right, stab me. And she's like, oh, uh, yeah, you're dead. And kills him. And that was, I knew it was going to happen, but I still felt bad for Oswald being manipulated. But after they defeat her, I loved that they cut her body open. They cut her body. They bury it in tombs. They work together as this one unit. They have that bridge between them that the you know that her brother and Sean kind of put together with them, and they are able to use each other's kind of skills, and they are able to save the you know kill the stepmom, which kind of. But I just realized it's kind of like oh yeah, that is like the the typical trope of an evil stepmom. So you know, it worked. But they stop her, and then Pansy sews a clove of a head of garlic in her mouth and after they cut off her head and they separate the body and so it was really good really enjoyed it so if you like the first one i think you're gonna like this one it's more of the same but a little bit differently so that's gonna wrap up my discussion of don't marry the cursed by c ray dark so thanks for listening everybody and thanks to david hillowitz for the intro and outro music if you have any questions or comments, please send them to thebromancypod at gmail.com. And there's a calendar up on the website that's showing what we're going to be reading next at thebromancy.podbean.com. So please like and subscribe, of course, wherever you get your podcast from. It really helps do people find us. And remember to marry the magic of books. Mm-hmm.